What's going on everybody? My name is Tristan and you're about to watch the Bethel Moments podcast. But before we get into this, make sure you subscribe, comment, and share. Buddy, welcome to episode six of the Bethel Moments podcast. Today we have Dr. Bernie on and he has an amazing word for us. Um, he is the founder of Lorette Business Network and um, he is just an amazing man of God. I've uh, sort of gotten to know him and he's friends with several family members of mine and my Bethel family. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just give him the floor. Dr. Bernie, welcome. Thank you, Tristan. Hey, I'm I'm talking to you today from my home. So if there's any glitches in this, you know, because of my internet or yours, we just uh, I I would appreciate it right on through with it. I think your listeners understand they know the the move of the spirit, and uh, I'm honored today. Uh, just because I see the word Bethel in front of me, I mean, you got your Bethel merch on, you know, and you're a member of the school there. Uh, I was. Uh, Got to know Bill Johnson through Lance Wallnow. I was invited to share in a, a marketplace ministry meeting. I think it's still up. But uh, uh, Chris Valentin was brand new. He had just written his first book, and I know he's one of the major voices in your life. And I fell in love with that move of God there in those days of uh, the prayer room was just uh, it was just beginning where you know twenty four hour day prayer and north south east and west if if nobody's seen that or if your listeners haven't seen it it's worth the pitch to Bethel uh, just for the prayer room because you see why that place is being used around the world in music and in message so yeah today I wanted to share about the marketplace Tristan and uh, you had asked me about prophetic things so the resources that I've posted there for you one is. Uh, me holding a picture of a guy named John Schrock, and uh, it's in the it's in your uh, promotion of me. And I was holding it that day because that's not a picture; that's actual pixels of flags of the world. And when Johnny passed away, that picture was given to us by an artist uh, from Guatemala. His name was Conchi, and he said, uh, "These are the nations that you've ministered in." And so it's Johnny Schrock's nation, and every one of the pixels is one of the flags, and then they're duplicated. At that time, we we're in a little over a hundred nations. So it's very precious to me. Uh, that's how he would want to be remembered. He was a lover of the people in the globe, and, and the business network started because <clears throat> he told us that marketplace would be able to go places that missionaries couldn't. And in those days of the opening of globalization, Indonesia, China, Taiwan. Uh, places that we went into with principles of the marketplace and they were all based upon the book of Proverbs. So people never saw the gospel coming. We had taken in the wisdom of Solomon. It was categorized in a little book that I put together by category. And that was our, that was our biblical track as we went in and started uh, training. First of all, in Latin America, we began in Colombia, then Guatemala. Uh, and these initiatives are still going on. I'll give a, a site. It's Lored. BN on YouTube videos. If you go to Lored, L-A-R-E-D, BN, you can watch the documentations with a man a little older than you as we were called to the nations of the world. And it was because of a prophetic word. So I've also posted that to you today. It was a vision that Johnny had uh, that things were going to change. And so I want to talk about prophecy today in two ways. One is personal prophecy that we hear so much of. Uh, and, and it's a beautiful exhortation and it's perfecting of the saints. But every once in a while, there's a prophecy that comes and it's, it's, I call it the fullness of time. We're, we're about ready to receive this. That's why your broadcast here is so important to me. Anybody that's listening to Lance Wall now, 
Bill Johnson, Kerry, uh, that's coming in. I can't remember. I think his name is Neuberg or something. He's how I had heard about Chris. But there's God is speaking to prophets. So I, I want to talk about the gift of prophecy today and also the office of the prophet. So the office of the prophet in my generation, I was a young businessman, uh, very successful business. We were uh, doing real estate magazines. Uh, we sold to a company in work called Hearts Mountain. They're the pet seed company, and they magazine men familiar with them. They were called Harmon Homes. So when you would go to a a supermarket, you could pick up a pick a book of homes for sale. Well, that was us. We began that in 1973, and uh, we sold it uh, when I was just 38 years old. When this prophecy was given, I want to share it with you. So prophetic word. It is time. I have men and women who are not plagued by former things, and they will have an insight into my agenda. That agenda would raise up a whole new breed of leaders. They would look like lions, but they would have hearts like lambs. And this move of God will be understood more by national and political leaders than it would by the church. And so in the coming years, God will pour out great favor to these men and women as the world turns to Christians for answers. Uh, now, when that happened, Tristan, I was a young guy, and I laid it all. I mean, it was like I was at a roulette wheel in Las Vegas. That's about where my spirituality was. And I said, if I'm going to bet... This is God. I mean, we all knew it happened in Panama. We knew that it was God. And so now you come to, okay, do I bet with my life? And so my wife and I prayed, and uh, she's in the room with me today. Uh, we prayed that God would use us at this time that we had wealth that we could lay down at the apostles' feet. And so literally that's been my walk. And I, I pray that everybody picks up an authenticity because this move is uh, – it's for faceless. This is not about building a brand. So anybody that's about building a brand, you'll be circumcised, I guarantee you, because this is about what God is doing on earth. And so, uh, Tristan, we've been able to, to watch it happen. So I want to share some scripture today. It's funny, I'm using my wife's Bible, and uh, she has written in her Bible, <laughs> Bernie's favorite. It's funny, I open her Bible. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at our house, my Bible's at my office. And I open it up, and when I get to Romans chapter 12, I read Bernie's favorite. So it's uh, amazing to me in my wife's writing. Romans 12, verse 1, about personal responsibility. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, this is Paul speaking, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you, just as each of us, one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form 
one body, and each member belongs to all others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in the proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. In love. Love must be sincere. And I think that scripture, and I'd like to really just focus on that because, you know, there's only 16 chapters in the book of Romans. And of any book in the Bible that I've seen in my Christian walk, I've been a believer for a little over 50 years. Divisions come from the time of uh, Martin Luther reading this, that the just shall live by faith. Divisions have come because of wielding these certain scriptures. And that's why I think it's important that we put them, That I read that verse by verse out of the NIV, because uh, Paul's heart was no division. And yet since Paul's time, there are huge divisions. As a matter of fact, there's camps. I mean, when I travel the world, and so the first thing I'll do is I'll, I'll take a test of what camp are these people from. So when I know Bethel, I know Bill Johnson, I know Chris, I know Lance Walnow, I know Andrew Walmack. I mean, we know what camp. And I also travel in, in the, the camp of John Maxwell. And I know with John Maxwell, it's, it was Riley Zachariah. It was what's happening over in, uh, in Atlanta. It's with uh, Dallas. It's with Gateway Church. It's people, that, that's the evangelical arm. And so, so what God is saying, or what Paul is saying here, is that understand that I have linked together these gifts. And we're going to talk about prophecy. For some listening to me right now, Tristan, they will have the, the gift of, of a prophetic word, like I read from John Schrock. He was a prophet. And yet, if you were to say to John, are you a prophet? He'd say, I can't say. It's just like Jesus. Others may say so, because that, that's what happens with a prophet. Let it be written. Let it be done. Lance Wall now had a prophecy about Donald Trump. And, man, we've run with that thing now for 12 years. But when he got that word, the pressure that was on him at that time, huh, a prophet's got to live under a lot more pressure than this guy can give. So I do not desire that gift of a prophet because I've run with them. And buddy, if they're true prophets, not building a name for themselves, if they're true prophets, they see things they cannot say. There is more left when they die that they have seen and not told because we've got to be ready to be able to handle these words. And this was a word that, hey, when I look back on now, I thought this was going to happen in, in two years. And I've been walking this out now uh, with thir 30 years uh, this year that I have walked out that prophecy, both with my lips, with my fortune, with my family, believing for this move of God. And that's what I love is that your generation, you're going to experience things, Tristan, that my generation has wanted and desires, but our hands had to remain clean so that it could be passed on. So that's what this broadcast is to me, is that there are there are prophets. And boy, if you get one prophetic word, I've got I've got two in my life that I live by. That's all I want. So other prophets, when they give a personal word, I receive them. But my directional prophecy came when I was 29 years old. 
And God said, I would be part of an amazing move of God. And I've lived that. I don't need any more. I can't, with my gifts, I can't handle anymore. But I watch now like Simeon and I'm looking and I'm saying, okay, what's this new word that is going to be given? Because the, they come in seven, they come in waves, just like waves. If you're a surfer, you wait for that wave that's coming. And when it breaks, the people that are out there with their boards, it's their wave. So I had my wave when I was a young man. And I've ridden it, and I love it, and I'm still in the ocean. But I, I'm awaiting like Simeon or Anna. I'm awaiting this move in the kingdom of God as God advances his kingdom. And that's your wave, I'm telling you. And I, I honor that. So by the grace given to me, that's what I wanted to focus on. Okay, if, if there's only some prophets, and everybody wants to be a prophet, that's the amazing thing, because what happens, hey, hey, listen, Sean Boltz had a prophetic word about Loren. Matter of fact, I'm going to send it to you so he, you can post it. John Schrock's daughter was struggling because he had sown his life into the kingdom of God, and he was so prophetic that she was the youngest and kind of, she missed her daddy's time. He was ministering to us, sons of God. And then she felt really in her heart, man, he's, he's taking these guys around the world. What about me? So when he passed away, when he passed away, she had a real hard time because she felt that many years of her father's love she didn't get. So she's at Bethel. It's going to blow your mind. She's at Bethel, a marketplace meeting. She, she does business. And there was a word at Bethel given to her that was the most accurate word of God I've ever seen. And it was from her father, John, telling Joy, write a book. And so I helped her write that book. It took three years, but it was therapy. God put Joy through therapy, and it's called the Amish prophet. And it's her getting to know her own dad. So when we talk about that level of prophecy, understand it comes with great cost. I mean, I mean, Paul, I mean, he wasn't married. He, he, his lineage is us. You know what I mean? So anyhow, what about the rest of us then? Well, we have motivational gifts. That's what's so beautiful in this is that there, there's motivational gifts. And that's what it says. For the grace given me, I say to each of you. So anybody listening to this today, I'm saying to you, don't just desire the gift of prophecy. Look at these gifts because of how we're all needed. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ, if we're in Christ, we have different gifts according to that grace. So I'm here to tell you today, if you're looking for prophecy because you think, wow, look at that, they get up in front, wait till you see what God has for you. Because if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. And I got to tell you, Tristan, there's a lot of guys prophesying and they ain't got the proportion of faith. I mean, I listen, I let them pass by my window, but I don't open a door to that kind of stuff because it's, it's they're learning. My God, they're learning. Let them learn, but don't base the direction of your life. You got to test those things because God is giving them more and more faith. And yet that's the first thing we're drawn to because it's in front of everybody. I'm in a meeting and this guy has that and he knows my mom's name and hallelujah. Well, it may be three days later, he's sleeping with another woman. You got to be careful that, that his, God is proportioning. He, he tests its human resources. He tests the human resources and then they become a human asset. There's a difference between a resource and an asset. When we use the God, all of a sudden many are called, but what? Few are chosen that you become a asset 
when you are chosen by God because of this proportion of faith. It's not me saying it, it's Paul saying it. He said, so prophesy according to the grace in the proportion of your faith. If it is in serving, let him then serve. If it's in teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, that's the gift of the exhorter. That's my gift. Let him encourage and exhort. I live for that. If it is contributing to the needs of others, there's givers on this line. But God wants to make you a billionaire so you can give. Not so you can build a Hallmark ministry, but that you can give to these others that we're all part of the same body. I run with guys like that. I, I run with guys that their left hand doesn't know what their right hand is doing. And they're not, they're not contributing to political packs. They're contributing to the kingdom of God. I mean, I'm getting jacked up. If, if it's giving, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. So much about leadership today. We all need to learn how to lead, but there are some that are called to be what? Leaders. Just like there's some that are called to be prophets. We can all lead and prophesy, but there are some that that's their calling. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. And that's all done in love. And so this is what I wanted to show you today is that if I take those seven motivational gifts, if I take the gift of the prophet, the exhorter, the mercy, the servant, the giver, the teacher, and the administrator, if I take those gifts, how does God form them together? And this is what I've seen. This is what I would have to offer your generation. If you find a person that has the prophetic gift, they will rip the meat off the bones. They have no caring for what they say. It is John the Baptist. That gift is... It's not, if you think, it's thus saith the Lord. That When you hear that and it resounds, around that person, you will always find this spiritual gift, the mercy. Because the merciful person will come in and say, you know, I did it. That's, that's what John said, but that's not what John meant. You understand what I'm saying? That, 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 that gift, it is just important to have the mercy as it is to have the prophet for the body to be exposed, or else you'll get people, I mean, they'll fall into guilt. That's what happened with Peter. Well, my goodness. I mean, can you imagine his wailing when he said, here's the rooster crow? Oh, my God. But it was the mercy John that says, okay, we'll go. I mean, that's what happens. John had the merciful gift. So that gift of mercy is just as important. That spiritual gift is just as important as the guy that calls out like Sean Bolt's names, addresses, years, people, heaven, hell. I mean, he, he can call it all out. But that mercy gift, and buddy, I'm an encourager. So when you're around that mercy, let them know, I see you. I want you to know this guy would not be who he is without you. When there's a Paul Cain, there's going to be. When there's a John Paul Jackson, there's going to be. I, I, and I've met many of them. Yeah. When there's a Bob Jones, there's going to be a Mike Bickle that interprets a Bob Jones. So that gift of prophecy that we're talking about, recognize it's a gift and it's also an office. When you're around that office of a prophet, you will see the office of the mercy. Does that make sense, Tristan? Okay, now let me take you to the next one. If there's an exhorter, and that's the Apostle Paul, and that's kind of my gift, that exhorter gift is, is they rant. That's what my wife was saying. Bernie, I know you're going to get on something today, and we've got to watch the time because the exhorter is his... He's the rooster that crows, man. That's what Paul was. He was the one to say, let me tell you about the good news. But around that office of the exhorter, you will find the gift of the office of the servant, just as important. 
It's the person when Bethel has a conference that goes around and picks up the paper at the end. They serve. It's the ones that pick people up at an airport. Just as much of a gift. Matter of fact, more important because they're the ones that after the event is over, they're the ones that help perfect the saints. Okay, that's those five gifts that we talk about in Ephesians. That that servant gift is there. And, and in Ephesians, I think that's what the gift of pastoring is. That that's the servant is the pastor. The servant, today we got it so messed up. We want to make our prophet a pastor. We want to make our exhorter a pastor. My God, forget it. That pastoral gift, when you're around a true pastor, I got one now as Davis Lamar Troyer. When I'm around a true pastor, and he's younger than me, God has raised him up to help me with church hurt. Anybody ever get hurt by the church? And only he can do it. That's his pastoral servant gift. So again, we have the prophet and the mercy, and now we have the exhorter and the servant, and they're both, they both get paid the same. I'm telling you, the kingdom of God, they both get paid the same. Then we have what I call the balancing gifts, and that's, and you've all been around them. Uh, when, I, when I'm when i around Carrie, uh, it's, it, 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 I don't know if I, I should probably send you that link because he's got a website. He, he puts pastors back together again after they've been hurt. I don't know why his name keeps coming up, but uh, he's the one that told me so much about Chris Vallison. But uh, people, there's no worse pain than church pain. If you've not had it, thank God. I pray that you never have church pain. Because if something happens, a leader falls, or there's a political thing, or the congregation doesn't want to move. I mean, Pastor Bill Johnson is no longer Assembly of God. His father was Assembly of God. But this move of God, the Assembly of God couldn't handle it. It was that big. So it had to become its own deal. That's the history there. And so when you have the teacher that comes in, and that's what Chris Valentin is. When I watch Chris, and he's very famous today, but his gift of teaching was so evident to me at that conference. I thought, oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, let Chris, because we'll be able to call him anything. I'm following Chris. That's what Paul will talk about. You got Apollos people. You got you got uh, Pergolius people. But 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 the the teachers are there to be there and to help that pastor teach this message and put it in shoe level. The next the next is the administrator, and again, anything that grows today, that gift of administration is. Um, yeah, it's the one we don't like the most. That's where accountability lies, and I. I have a saying, Tristan, that I never follow anybody that does not walk with a limp. Because when you walk with a limp, you've gotten out of bounds and God had to break your leg. And then that administrator is there to help you be accountable. People that don't want accountability, uh, don't, don't follow. I mean, you can follow the movement, but be careful. You don't follow it with your resources or you could be used up. And it just, it's just because that's how it happens. The, the gift of accountability is not a pleasant gift. We find them in the front ends of a church that say, they say no. You know, sometimes the most powerful word we can ever hear is no or not at this time. I mean, we don't want that. Not us spirit-filled people. Not me. I didn't want that early in my life. Get out of my way. I'm, I'm called by God. Listen to this one. I get my orders from headquarters. That's why you need an administrator. <laughs> it's because you don't know what headquarter you're listening to. Dave McGlure can teach on that as well. And then the last one is, um, is that gift of giving. And I close on that one because as I look today, uh, my wife and I, I, I wanted to live when I was your age. I said, I want to be the rich young ruler because I felt when he received the call of God and 
the Lord said, this is what you need to do. He says, I do that. And then he said, sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And it says, and the rich young ruler had much. And he said, oh, I can't do that. And that's when Jesus said, it is harder for a rich man to order, enter the kingdom of God than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And I've heard of that taught many different ways. But there is an adjustment because when riches come, uh, the giver, I know people that they can give a million dollars, Tristan, and it's not like you giving 10. You can give more when you give $10 than these people that give a million because it's the widow's might. And the Lord looks at the heart of that giver. And we've had, your generation has had more billionaires created. I mean, just look how influencers have become billionaires. And, um, and so that money that is, uh, it's only money. It's mammon. It's not wealth. And so when you receive mammon or, or the good things, that's designed for a purpose. Uh, in Zimbabwe, I have a, a, a bill from Zimbabwe that is 50 trillion Zimbabwe dollars. 50 trillion. I have it in my office. Given to me by a young man that said it would not buy a loaf of bread when Rhodesia fell. That was the nation of Rhodesia. And we are living in the days now when God is raising up nations. Lance calls them sheep nations. And he's tearing down goat nations. And I praise to God that we're not a goat nation right now because we could be in that judgment. I mean, we, we take ourselves as a sheep nation, but what we're talking like goats, man. And, uh, and God is going to separate the sheep from the goats. And so that giver to me that we would think is on the bottom of the food chain with the mercy and the servant. And to me, if you ask me the gift of prophecy, Tristan, I would tell you from my opinion, they are as or more important than those great gifts that we have of exhortation and the great gifts of prophecy. They are, uh, they're just as important because they, they are there for the perfecting of the saints, the fivefold ministry, prophet, exhorter, teacher, pastor, evangelist. So that's my 25 minutes. And uh, I'm open to any questions or if we're done, we're done. Uh, you know, I would love to keep going. I, I understand. Like, um, I'm actually like trembling. I feel God in my little oh, wow. studio right now. Well, that's God. If you're trembling, it's God because <laughs> I'm trembling too. That's yeah. two time zones. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I did have a few questions for you, um, but I actually felt like I needed to hear your story. I feel like um, somebody listening is going to need to hear it. Um, would you mind giving us like your testimony? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, again, I, I mentioned my calling was marketplace, and I knew that as a young kid. I was the oldest of five children, and we didn't have things. So it was all about what you have. So I did not have things. I didn't know the the quality of home I lived in, I didn't even recognize for years because we didn't have things, but we had love and we had security and I knew who I was. And, and so my thing was about the sin of having, because I thought if, uh, if I had this car or if I had this building, so I went on a search to, uh, to become successful. And so my first business was I shine shoes mm -hmm. and I loved it because I could buy a can of shoe polish for 50 cents. And if I could go out with a rag and a smile and a heart of a servant, I could turn 50 cents into $25. And that's the heart of an entrepreneur. It, it's multiplied. So, so I could take a 50 cent can of shoe polish. There were 25 pairs in that can. And I would shine 25 pairs of shoes with a rag and my smile. 
and make them happy. And they were repeat customers. So I learned all of the great things. I was my own marketing. I was on my own purchasing agent. Uh, I always say in Spanish, sin impuestos. I didn't pay any taxes. There was no taxes. <laughs> it was a cash business. And you stop and think about $25 from 50. That's what the heart of an entrepreneur does. He trades what makes the drug culture so good. Uh, you, you know, the, the, the opium that's grown over in Afghanistan, by the time it gets here, it's, it's so, a guy told me last week, when you can buy by the acre and sell by the pound, you're in a good business. And that's the way it is in those businesses. So that's why we see so many uh, entrepreneurs in prison today because they were decided to buy it cheap and sell it high supply and demand. So that brought me into uh, to an organization called Xerox in those days. it was they, they were the king of copiers and I was trained by Xerox. And I was called into a personal publishing ministry with six other guys. Uh, and each one of those people uh, had one of these spiritual gifts. Matter of fact, I'll make that book available. I'll send you the links if somebody wants to read it. It's called The Seven Pillars of Success. So we had the giver, the mercy, the exhorter, the prophet, the teacher. All of us were represented there. And in a period of 15 years, we turned a $1,000 investment each into a multi-million dollar sale. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't billions like it is today, but it was millions. And, and in my era, that was a big thing. John told me, he said, if you'll follow these seven things, I will make you a millionaire by the time you're 40. Because we all wanted to be millionaires. We wanted to have those things. Mm -hmm. So we were millionaires by the time we were 38. And then we found out, what do you do now? I mean, you only got one year where you're at the golf. None of my friends could go to the golf clubs. They couldn't take the vacations. Uh, my, my sports cars only had two seats. So it's like God had to ring me. And that's what happened. It's the story of us being run through that ringer of what, what do you do now with this wealth? And uh, so that was my success story. And so at the age of, uh, of 38, I, this vision that we have, I said, okay, my wife and I got on our knees and, uh, and we have walked that out where we've said that which we've given, it has lasted, I'm 73 now, that pile of money I've had, we've been able to eat out of it. Not, we never squandered. I, I can only think of about three things I've ever squandered on, but it's been able to supply the kingdom of God I was talking, I had a friend that died. I just told you about it. <clears throat> but we used to sit there and I'd say, you know, Eduardo, one day we'll see that in the kingdom of God, our reward is there. It's not here. So it's not in IRAs or 401ks, things that can perish. It's in the kingdom of God. And I got to tell you, the security that that gives me as a grandfather right now is amazing. So that's my story. Yeah, became a millionaire before I was 40. And then spent the rest of my life giving. And that's all we've done. And I, and I wish I was a billionaire because I, I would know what to do more. So the Lord hasn't given it to me, but he's run me into billionaires that I tell them, this yeah. is what you should do with what you got, man. Because there will be a day where we meet our maker. And our reward is not in places where it the moth can eat it or it can be the rust can corrupt it. Yeah, it's in the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's my story. And and I've got two books that I'll make available to you for your website. One is the book of Proverbs. It's every proverb. That's what Johnny told me. You need to understand the book of Proverbs, but it changed subjects too many times. Mm -hmm. And so I categorized it. I was in the classified paper, and I categorized those proverbs in order. And my wife is here now. One of the first ones that God spoke was, Drink from your own well. Let the woman of your youth satisfy every desire, for God is closely watching everything you do. So all of those playboy years that other guys would have fallen to wine, women, and song, God told me he has given me the desires of my heart and my wife, Kathy, will be married 53 years old in a week and a half, or 53 years in a week and a half. Oh. I've got uh, 
10 grandkids and four great grandchildren. And, um, just yesterday we were at the open. I wanted to see Serena play and my, my one son that's a businessman. He, he bought a loge and he said, dad, I'm going to take me and my brothers and you and mama and their wives and we're going to go and we're going to watch Serena play. And I said, I ain't ready to kick the bucket yet. He said, well, I know it was on your bucket list. So yesterday we got to see Andy Murray, Serena Williams. And, uh, and the thing is this, we didn't pay a dime because that was all paid ahead because God wanted to bless my seed. <laughs> I can't tell you how wonderful this is when my kids do that stuff for me. How do you, I'm asking you, Tristan, how do you put a price on it? Can you? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Yeah. No, no. That's what I'm talking about. That God bless them now. I've got two of them that's artists. You'll know one of my sons, Tristan, my son, Nate Torrance, when I was at Bethel, he had just finished a major campaign for Capital One with David Spade. It was called the Just Say No campaign. Did you ever see it? Just Say No. They're, they're all over the internet. It was a whole campaign by Capital One, Just Say No. And, uh, and then that was him. He went to Hollywood, he and his wife. And if you Google Nate Torrance, you will see Bethel, Bethel prayed for him in that, those years of his life that, that he would not be corrupted by Hollywood. And now he and his wife, they live in Worcester, Ohio. He flies back and forth. If you listen right now to Dairy Queen, the voice of Dairy Queen right now that's telling you to buy blizzards is my son, Nate Torrance. So he's been with Adam Sandler. He's been with Rob Snyder. He's been with David Spade. And yet he would walk into your church and teach the same things that I'm teaching now and not corrupted by the, the, the pagan-ness of Hollywood. You, you need to Google it. Because I told the guys then, I was telling the guys, Bethel, I said, would you pray for me? Because he's there at the heart of idolatry. And that prayer was prayed by Chris Valentin and David Metcalf at Bethel. But David Metcalf was a pastor there at that time. So, yeah, so it's just amazing to see the generational blessing. And now his kids are serving God, and that's that's where the real wealth is. That's beautiful. Um, oh, my goodness. I did not know that. Well, it's nothing. Yeah, the, the fame is God's. Nate, that's what Nate will tell you. The worst drug there is in the world today is the drug of fame. Mm. Yeah, and so his, when you see him, he never did a role. He turned down a lot of roles because he was at the same time as Jonah Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, he was in click with Adam Sandler, but he would not do certain things because it was against his integrity. And, and I say this as a father that watched God bless him in ways where, where he has turned down more things you could ever imagine, but he, he never wanted to be anything that he would be ashamed for his children to see. Isn't that amazing? And that's why God's kept, he was, uh, if you saw Zootopia, mm -hmm. did you ever see the movies? Okay. He was Clawhauser. Oh my God. He was, yeah, that's Nate. And, and, and then from Clawhauser, uh, he, I'm, I'm speaking to your generation now because, uh, so I get a call one day and cause he was with Shakira and I'm ministering in Latin America and he's with Shakira from Colombia. Uh, but that's how, that's how the kingdom of God in my level, that's how that economy works is in those amazing, amazing ways. Yeah. Wow. So that is absolutely incredible. And I had a, I had a question for you. It was, uh, what tools for prophecy would you suggest someone should use? Um, wow. There are so many, there are so many wonderful books. The, the book that helped me understand that I'm not a prophet is 
all will prophesy. And I think it, it was done out of a, it would have come out of Morningstar. It might be Steve, John, Steve, uh, and it was it Steve Thompson. Yes, yeah, Steve Thompson, that all should prophesy. And it just tells you that God will give you a word uh, in season. And that's what that works. But it doesn't make you a prophet. So if I were to share anything today is stop it. If you're looking for to be a prophet, stop it. Because God's the one that raises them up. And I don't think you can handle the pressure. Most of us can. If we got these other motivational gifts, I always say some people are wired for 480 volts. And some people are wired for 24 volts, like a, a cell phone. It's, it's, it's 12 volts. So be where your potential lies because buddy, if you want to be a 480 volt profit, buddy, when that power hits, it's going to destroy you or those that you're around. You'll, you can't handle it. It's not God's creation. This is God's creation. And so that all should prophecy. That's right, man. If I'm, if I'm somewhere, I, I was at a place just this morning, a hotel. And the girl's name was Nicole, and I exhorted her. That that's my gift. I asked her how old she was. I thought she was in her 20s. She was 42. But uh, but I just encouraged her, and I had a word of the Lord for her. And that's that's where we can all do that. But if you want to get these gifts like Lance Walnow had, that Donald Trump is going to be present, you got to be willing to live by the sword and die by the sword, and I don't want to die. I don't want to die by a Sword that wasn't for me, man. I want to die for God, but you can crucify me upside down. I don't want to. I, I mean, I know where I. I know where I'm at. Yeah, that's that's so good. Um, so how is well? You you were talking about Lance Wall now and things like that. How would you say prophecy is relevant today? Oh my, just watch, just watch the rise of Lance Wall now. I I never want to see the fall of him, no. but I watched the rise of him. And I saw him, first of all, where he could function at the United Nations and talk marketplace talk. And then he could function at Bethel and talk spiritual talk. And I asked him once, I said, man, when it comes into this prophecy stuff, I said, what do you do? He said, you have to, he said, you know, I was just in a conversation with someone that was saying, I don't believe in prophecy. And they were given the reasons why. And he said, if you're a prophet, you got to be willing to dive into the deep end because you never dive in mm. the shallow end or you'll break your neck. And so Lance, as he became who he is today, a prophetic voice, because he clearly, I mean, I think he was saying he got a million people. I, I was with him at Harvard when we were, we were at Harvard University. I wasn't with him. My partner was with him, but I was watching it on, on a web, a WebEx then, but they were there. At Harvard, we were all saying, God has taken us to Harvard. And people will be GTQ community with signs that said the religious right is wrong. And they were protesting them being in. And I said, boy, am I glad I'm not there today because we were all banging the clings. We're going to Harvard. We've waited for this moment. And what happened out of that Harvard meeting was hard on anybody because Lance then went mainstream. He said, the worst thing I ever did. It was Harvard because then now they're 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 googling Lance Wall now and they're destroying him. Friendly fire too. The Baptists were doing the same thing, so he had to live it. But when he when he had the word of Donald Trump, it's fun to listen to the to that. If you if because uh, when he talks about it, he was standing at a meeting and God said Donald Trump's going to be the next president, and I mean there were people that said you are out of your mind. He is unqualified. He says he's going to be a wrecking ball, and when you read that prophetic word, he has a. Um, I mean, that's, that, that first book that he ever wrote, because he has the Seven Mountain Message, but his first, 
first book was on the wrecking ball to politics, and that's what we saw then. Our political system is destroyed, and that's what Trump did. He, he brought the divisions. Now there's no middle ground. It's this or this. You want listen to the voices. It's and that's what now all those other agendas that were of the enemy, the the identity agenda, of gender and everything. That's what was all cooking under there. Well, that's all got exposed now. And now we know how to pray. Our identity is in Christ. Our dignity, our dignity comes from knowing that I can be a servant and clean a bathroom and be just as important as Saint Peter. You know that? Yeah. I mean, that's because that gives you dignity, man. I mean, if you got dignity, you've got it all. Oh, I come from this. I come from that. Man, I've watched God shoeshine boys. Look what he did with me as a shoeshine boy. Or Jerry Anderson, you know, a guy making cans. Yeah, because just know your calling. God has dignified you. He's, and I see that in you. What, why are you doing what you're doing, man? It's because God has given you a calling to a generation that isn't my generation. And now when you walk that out and then when you find your identity, there's a, a resource we use called Strength Finders. It's from the University of Pennsylvania. If I'm mentoring a young person, I, I walk them through it because it will say what they are, what God created in you. Because maybe he gave you a bad father or a bad home situation. But when you were formed in the womb, there was identity and gender and everything given to you. And if you walk in that dignity, you can get out of any situation. That's what's because you walk a life of sobriety. That's what Paul did. Paul, Paul that he knew what he, but he, but his identity was not in being trained by Gamaliel or being the Pharisee of the Pharisees. Mm. No, man, it was when he was knocked off of his horse, scales <laughs> on his eyes, yeah. and he's trying to figure out. And, and everybody was going, "What in the world? This this political murderer is now on our side. Give me a break." And that's what the the epistles are. Yeah, so that's that's what I would say. That if you have those things, man, walk in and read that book that all may prophesy. Learn about uh, Donald Trump. Uh, you can actually Google the wrecking ball because that's what he became. He prophesied that Donald Trump would be a wrecking ball, and buddy, that's the truth. Let it be written. Let it be. They just raided his place at Mar-a-Lago. It will never stop. But God used it was called the Cyrus anointing. He went into a Cyrus. They even minted a, key, a coin. Lance did that. He has a, a coin that has Trump on one side and Cyrus on the other. That was Lance's prophecy. And, and if that's the only one he ever gets, he can take him to death. He doesn't have to be anything else for me. That was his calling. And now he's got fame because of it. But that was the moment he became a prophet. See that? And with all the pressures now. Because now he's got to balance the whole machine. And I tell him the other day, I, I said, Lance, his last name is Walnow. And uh, Cindy Jacobs said she had a dream about him. Where's Lance Wall now? Where is he now? Because he has to go. When you get those things spinning, you get the plates spinning, you got to fulfill the machine, you know? And that's a lot of pressure. Okay. So he and Mercedes, I just, uh, Annabelle, I mean, I mean, I know Annabelle and Lance very well, but Mercedes, I just celebrate her because God brought her. She's one of those gifts, uh, Mercedes and her husband, that are making the Lance machine, the war machine that it is today. And those are all those other gifts I was talking about, Tristan. Those are all Mercedes' husband is a, is a pastor. Uh, unbelievable stuff they're doing. Okay, we're at 1254. All right. Would you mind praying us out? Oh, my goodness. I'm praying you in. All right, let's do it. <laughs> oh, Lord, what a profound thought that that is. Hey, Lord, in my generation, some people are leaving. Huh. We're praying them out. Eduardo Palacios last night, God, he went to be with you. <clears throat> That's so powerful to me. 
But I am praying this generation in. Let them find their place, God. What part of that statement that Paul said, what energizes them? What, what isn't work for them? I mean, sometimes things become work. Those gifts I'm talking about were put in by you when they were formed in the womb. Which one of those? Let them identify with those gifts and then just walk that out. If they're a servant, let them go find an exhorter to serve. If they're a mercy, God, help them find the right prophet that needs that mercy gift. If they're a teacher, Lord, or a giver or administrator, let them see that that is solid gold in your kingdom. The silent givers, the ones that don't know, the left hand from the right hand. I, I had one of them last year. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, yeah, be with them. Bless this generation as they come into the kingdom. Mm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. God bless you. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you can stay up to date with all Bethel Moments content.